This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello everybody and welcome to a very special episode of the Stacey West podcast. We're going to have um, Charlie with some questions for a Drahida fan a little bit later on. But first up, um, I had a chance, I forgot to introduce Chris. Hello everybody, it's me. (laughs) Oh dear, I'll start that again. Okay. (laughs) Hello everybody and welcome to a very special episode of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and I'm joined by Chris. How are you doing mate? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. Good. How are uh, you? Pete behind the curtain. I've, I've remembered to introduce him this time. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Um, are, are you well? Very well indeed. You've had a very exciting couple of days, haven't you, Mr Ward? It's been a very strange time. Um, and yeah, I had a very weird lunchtime yesterday uh, as we're recording this. It was actually last week by the time it goes out. But uh, yeah, I... Um, we're going to have Charlie on in a little bit, talking to a Drahida fan with a few questions. Um, but, uh, yeah, very interesting lunchtime uh, I spent the other day talking to none other than Neil Warnock, um, which was just, yeah, I think I picked up the prize for the most odd lunch. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, obviously we've had the pleasure of, 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 of having a little sneak preview of it. And it's it's excellent. It's really good. It was really accommodating. Some really interesting stories. It'll be it'll be fantastic. Yeah. Um, so the reason he's come on, um, basically, it's kind of to do a little bit of promotion. But you know, for, well, full disclosure, I guess um, he's going to have a show on the second of June at Bath's Hall in Scunthorpe, um, and you know, he sort of said, "Oh, can we get the word out with a few football podcasts?" So. He's come on, and yeah, we're, we, he sort of said that he'd like, love to have a chat with us on the Stacey West podcast. So um, here's a little chat, bizarrely, with Neil Warnock. Uh, I got to speak to him about a few things, so uh, take it away, me from last week, I guess. 
So I am here with a genuine household name, a man who broke the record for the number of matches managed in English professional football with over 1,600 games across 15 clubs. Um, ahead of a live show in Scunthorpe on June 2nd, I'm joined by the one and only Neil Warnock. Welcome to the Stacey West podcast. Hi, hi, Ben. How are we doing? Very well, thank you. Yeah, not bad. Uh, um, end of a, a difficult period, but we, you know, we came out of it on top, so delighted. Absolutely. I mean, the first question really is, you know, congratulations for steering uh, Huddersfield to another season in the Championship. How do you take on the task of turning around the fortunes of a, a club that's struggling? Um, you know, is is there kind of a secret to Championship survival, um, and particularly for clubs coming up from League One, just for you know future reference for Lincoln City? I, I just think uh, management's not really changed over the years. I think it's. Um, yeah, the, I think Wenger brought in things like nutritionists and and all the IT people and things like that. But I still think man management is sort of ninety percent, mm-hmm. uh, just getting the best out of what you've got. You know, you've got to have some ability to be at a club in the championship. So it's just a matter of trying to get the best out of them. And and confidence does play a large part. I must admit, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you, we went seven points adrift after three games, and when and then we got eleven out of the top twelve to play, it it did seem a little bit uh, of a difficult task. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you've, you've done a fantastic job uh, once again there, and it's uh, you know, th- there was a, a bit a bit of me, even though there is a little bit of a rivalry with Huddersfield, there was a little bit of me that was very very pleased for you for for keeping them up. So well done. Um, big one for for us at the moment. Um, several. Former imps have played under you, as well as a few of our coaching staff and former coaches. Um, Mark Kennedy was a big one, and obviously he's our current head coach. Uh, he played under you at Crystal Palace. Have you got any memories of uh, of Mark from when you were there? It was it was just a, a manager's seven out of ten every week. He never went to <laughs> he never went to nine, and he never went to five. He was always you knew what he was going to do. He got a great left foot, and you just knew what he was going to do, really. He was a, a steady eddy. And I think every manager wants, you want three or four of those in your team that you haven't got to worry about. I never worried about Mark. He was always, you knew what he was going to do. So, you know, it didn't surprise me when he, when he went into management because I thought he's got a level head on him. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, he's doing, he's, he's done pretty well in his first full season as a, as a league head coach. So um, he's obviously, you know, learned from the best in that respect. Um, so, uh, there is a semi-legendary tale about our current assistant head coach, um, Danny Butterfield. Um, oh, Danny Butterfield. I didn't know he was there, sorry. Yeah, got- Danny Butterfield's our current uh, assistant head coach. Oh, yeah. Well, I've got to um, smile at that. Then. Yeah, and, you know, obviously he was a defender and then he started playing up front. Um, no, he didn't and- start playing up front. Just the one game. Just the one game, sorry, yeah. Um, so he played up front for that one game, scored the, I believe, the fastest hat trick in Crystal Palace history. Um, and there's a bit of a tale behind it. Do you want to, you know, for those that aren't familiar with it that are listening, do you want to share that tale? No, it was just a matter of, you know, in, in training, he was always pretending to be a striker. Are you with me? And I just <laughs> said, you know, well, let, I'll tell you what, you go up front and let's show us what you can do. And, uh, and he went and scored a hat trick in how many minutes was it? Not many minutes, was it? I think it was eleven minutes. I know. I think, and I don't think. I mean, all the players were absolutely gob. Even they were gobsmacked when I told him to play up front. But then when he <laughs> scored his goals, and 
I think he's lived on that, you know, the rest of his career. You know? <laughs> we have spoken to him actually. We did a we did a live podcast with him not long ago, and he he mentioned it then. Um, is is there a truth to the uh, the side of the tale where he said that the uh, your wife had a dream that he'd score? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Sharon, she said to me, uh, I, I just she just said strange thing last night. You know, I, I, Danny Butterfield come into my mind, and he'd scored a goal. Mm. I said, well, it must have been an own goal. <laughs> but then when we had a laugh and then when it happened and we, we just went wow strange wow. thing dude. that's incredible um so there are a few other notable imps i mean we've got the likes of peter jackson um lee frecklington uh and one of mine that that came to mind casting casting mine back a little bit further uh phil stamp i believe he was with you at Notts county yeah um, Bill. Uh, any any recollections of of those three in particular? Um, I know Phil was signed, a character at Lincoln. I signed Phil from the. Uh, he was a what do you call him now? Not in the army. He was one of those. Um, he was in the Marine. SAS, wasn't he? Yeah, SAS. I mean, hard as nails. I remember. I think he was at Hereford or somewhere like that. And we uh, we ended up. I think we paid a hundred grand for him. Um, and he was always a, he was a steady Eddie, you know. And um, I, you know he, he scored goals. Wherever he went, really, mm. he, he just did it for fun. Really, it was, yeah. was trying to get a system to suit him. He he, he played a, a, a different way, and I could never actually find the the, the a system to suit Phil. But he's a nice enough lad, and um, like I say, um, you, you mentioned uh, who else did you mention then, Ben? Uh, Lee Frecklington. Lee Frecklington. I mean, my other biggest achievement was keeping Rotherham up mm-hmm. years ago. Frex was unbelievable. In, in midfield, there were two or three of them. And uh, his energy, he, he added everything. And, you know, we tapped in, into that at Rotherham. In fact, we, we had an easier job at Rotherham than than what I've just done Huddersfield because we had we had leaders all the way around. Richard Wood, I thought, was retiring then, and I don't know how many years ago that is. And he's still playing, Richard Wood. And we had, <laughs> we had leaders down the middle of that. And Fre- Frecklington was one of them. I was, I was really pleased to... Have him a nice lad as well, but always, always gave me one hundred percent him. Cool, um, and then obviously you know I said uh, Peter Jackson, if on were they they took charge of Lincoln for a while. Um, anything from from those? Yeah, Peter was a Peter was a centre half here when I kept, first came to Huddersfield, and we got to the cup final first year. Um, we lost that on penalties to Swansea, but he was the he was the leader in the dressing room there and. Uh, he had a, he got injured at the end of the season, but he still contributed quite a lot, and uh, it was great to get promotion the following year. Excellent. Um, so, kind of moving on to Lincoln a little bit more. How aware of the leagues below do you have to be on a personal level? Um, and to that end, do you have any opinions on Lincoln City as a club, or what do you hear floating around in the circles? Well, I used to. I mean, I used to enjoy. There were battles when I first started. Graham Taylor was the manager. Mm-hmm. And um, Sinsel Bank was a difficult place to be. I was a winger, so I was right up against the crowd, and they used to they used to shout all sorts at me. <laughs> and uh, but it was it was a good atmosphere, but always cold and windy. But it was it was just a good atmosphere, and the red and white, you know, you saw them as soon as you come out, and the old dressing room was uh, down the steps there around the corner. And but it, it, I, I just had. Um, Good memories there, really. Graham always used to know I played well against his teams, so he always tried to make sure I got a kick early doors to slow <laughs> me down. 
Um, but um, yeah, I had some good games at Central Bank. Good atmosphere. You know, I was there originally before they did all the alterations and that. And uh, it was it was one of those the fans. Are, I've always been a manager that played with clubs like Lincoln. You know, where the fans are on top of you. Yeah, I've always I've always enjoyed working more at clubs like that than with big stadiums and you know and, and all that. I'm not. I'm more of a muck and nickels man, really. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, in the in the current in the current day, do you hear much kind of muttering about Lincoln around managerial well, circles? Or? Obviously, I look at the results and what have you, but all I know is um, how difficult they are to play against, mm-hmm. and the top teams always seem to slip up against Lincoln. Yeah, because um, they've got players. I think what what Mark's got to try and do now is get the consistency, hasn't he? Yes, You've got to get, try and get the consistency because on the day they can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. So he's just got to get that consistency, and uh, and you know I think there's a possibility them next season. If I'm honest, when I look at the league, uh, you know there's some big clubs going out of it now this year, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, hopefully, from your point of view, Sheffield Wednesday goes well, and then uh, <laughs> and then it's a, a wide open league, really. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, so in general, uh, the, the current state of football. Um, and particularly the like the gulf in finance between the likes of the championship, the Premier League, League One. Um, how do you see that? Because in my opinion, the jump between League Two, League One isn't that severe. But as soon as you start getting to the championship and beyond, how would you know, how do you see smaller clubs competing? I think it's I think it's difficult, but when you look back, you know, even in those old days when Wimbledon got to the top and people like that. You know, Brentford used to be a club where you should, you always used to think they might do well bottom half in the championship. Are you with me? Yeah. And holding the hole now. So I don't see any reason why why teams don't get promotion. It's just because you've got to get that team spirit. I think obviously with the lesser clubs, the lesser supporters clubs, you've got to get that team spirit. But I think it's amazing what team spirit can do, mm-hmm. really. And, uh, you know, I never worried about playing against the big clubs. I just thought my team can can beat anybody on the day, you know, and and that's how I've always looked at it, really. Okay, but I agree with you about the difference financially. Now, um, I mean, they reckon that the, the win to win the championships now worth two hundred million pounds. You know, I mean, I never, my wildest dreams ever thought I'd see anybody on a hundred thousand pound a week, let alone five hundred thousand pound a week. You know, it's um, it's just an order, but. I do think it's why I lo- love the championship more. I've had a, two or three goals in the Premiership. Never really, I never really got supported in the Prem, and uh, and and so the championships. My what I like about that is the bottom can beat the top yeah. every every day of the week. So it, it that's my cup of tea, if you know what I mean. I, I do enjoy that more than you know. I love going down to Millwall and places like that. Yeah, uh, that's what I call the fans, the proper fans. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I do have a very quick question um, regarding when you were at Scarborough. Um, obviously, you know, started at Games of Trinity, moved on to Scarborough. You were actually the manager of Scarborough when you came up first team promoted from the, the GM Vauxhall. Um, right. And we were the first team that got relegated to the GM Vauxhall. Well, yeah, I didn't, I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, oh, Lincoln were the first team relegated. You were obviously the first team to get promoted out of it. What was 
I suppose it's kind of an obvious question, but what was the flip side of that like? Because obviously we had all the despair and the you know the gloom, yeah. the doom and gloom. How was it on the other side of that coin? Well, we were we were fifty to one outsiders to okay. finish bottom. Cutting with the bookies, we should finish bottom that year. And and Barnet were the money men. They were they were the ones that were flying high all the time. Had all the spent all the money on the players. So we were just up against it, but. You know, you talk about money. We just had a good group of lads, mm-hmm. and every one of them played the part. And and it, it was like them against us. Wherever we went, we were the underdogs, and and we, we just got that mentality, and and we couldn't stop winning. It was a great a great hobby. We had three centre halves as good as anybody in the league, and I had the old uh, you won't remember obviously, but I had a a, a right back called Cesspod who was a super guy. He was my captain. And Neil Thompson, who's been around there. You know, we had a, we had a good group. And um, to get promotion was unbelievable. And I, one of the, I mean, it was one of the best achievements ever because, like I said, 50 to one outsiders. But we, I, all I remember is the open top bus ride after it. I mean, the <laughs> celebrations were incredible. And it's it's sad to see the club, you know, have to leave the ground and go back and start again. And I went up a, a few weeks ago to watch him play Scarborough Athletic and just missed out on the playoffs there. But Jonathan Green had done a good job there and they're coming back to life again now, the club. So good, you know, I'm glad, like Bury have just started again, mm-hmm. haven't they? Yeah. You know, I'm glad these clubs, the fans, they never let them, they never leave them. They, they're always there. So I'm, I'm really pleased that they're starting to function, Scarborough. Great stuff. Um, well, that's it. Finally, just a quick one. Uh, what sort of stories can people expect to hear if they do come and see you at your show on June the second? I just, I just enjoy talking about my career, my life growing up, and what my ambitions were, and my, my family background, and then obviously stories about Ferguson and Wenger and Brian Clough when I first started. You know, one or two nice stories, and it, I just want to make people laugh really, and I think. You know, we've had that COVID, and uh, when I started on these shows, I said to the organisers, really, I just want to go around here and let people come out and have a good night and have a good laugh and listen to, you know, you probably one or two critics of me that comes out and goes back and think, well, he's not that bad a lad, is he? You know, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then some tell the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Well, look, Neil, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us here on the Stacey West podcast. Um, If you do want to go to the show, it's on the 2nd of June at Baths Hall in Scunthorpe. Tickets are available at gotoagig.com. Excuse me. And, uh, yeah, thank you ever so much. And if I could just get you to say, up the imps, that would be amazing. Up the imps? There we go. Super stuff. Cheers, Neil. (laughs) Okay, no problem, sir. And there we go. That was uh, Neil Warnock. Um, like I said beforehand, it, it's one of the, the stranger lunch times I've had. Um, interesting, Chris, about what he had to say about Mark Kennedy. Uh, yeah, a steady Eddie. Yeah, I like that. I think um, I think Mark Kennedy quite likes his teams to be steady Eddies, doesn't he? You know, tried to be disciplined and reliable and hard to beat. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, so it looks like Lincoln City are very much in the image of the player and in, 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 in the band. Solid seven out of ten was his uh, was his one there. So, um, yeah, really, really interesting one. Um, great to have a chat with him. And the best part about this 
is that we actually have a couple of tickets from Neil to give away. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so yeah, basically, if you want to get involved, send an email to stacywestpodcast at gmail.com with the subject, I'd like to go and see Neil or something along those lines. Uh, we have two tickets to give away. Um, and yeah, you, you know, we can, uh, if you can get yourself over to Scunthorpe, I mean, if you're in the Lincoln area, I might even be able to give you a lift if you're not a prick. So Gary's out. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be a good night. Um, obviously, you know, Neil's got some fantastic stories in general. Um, it was it was quite interesting to see that he didn't realise that Danny Butterfield was with us as well. Yeah, and then it came straight back to him, didn't he? The yeah, I suppose that's not the sort of story that you'll ever forget. But no, it was interesting that he goes, "Oh yeah, Danny. Oh god, yeah." yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, I've got this feeling that like no matter who I would have asked him about he would have been able to instantly give me a story. Yeah. Yeah. Because... I like, have to admit, before um, before you interviewed him, before we knew, you know, when we knew it was going to happen, you think, is he going to just kind of go through the motions and just kind of almost have a script? Mm-hmm. And he didn't at all. You know, he, he he's just a really likable guy, isn't he? I don't think, yeah. I think... I think it's almost impossible to dislike Neil Warnock. Yeah. I mean, there's... The, the thing is, I, I wanted to put the question in there about Phil Stan because I was like, right it's almost going to maybe throw him off a little bit because obviously Phil Stanton is a player that, you know, maybe not a major player in his, in his books or in his, in his memories. And he would have been there in the, the mid nineties at County. And sure mm-hmm. enough, like he just, Oh yeah, he was great. And just rattled off, you know, a story straight away. So, um, yeah, yeah, just fantastic. So if you want to hear more of that, get yourself to, uh, to Scunthorpe. Absolutely. It's not very often we recommend going to Scunthorpe, so this is a rare occasion. <laughs> and uh, yeah, definitely email us in if you'd like the chance to win a couple of tickets for free. 100%. And if you don't win, tickets are available at gotoagig.com, which is uh, an excellent, excellent web address. It's the Ron seal of web addresses. It is. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we're going to have a little ad break, and then we're going to come back, and uh, we will bring Charlie in, and we will have a chat about Drahida. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. So cool, right. Thank you for our sponsors there. Um, I don't know who it is at this point because they always put them in after the fact. So 
Um, yeah, we're now going to bring Charlie in. Uh, how Hello. are you, Charlie? I'm, I'm all well. good. Yourself? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm all right, mate. I'm, I'm good. Um, and you know, as as part of this special, we thought we'd have a, another few questions from yourself. Um, going over to uh, virtually, of course, going over to Ireland and, and having a chat with uh, a Drahida fan about how uh, our loanies are getting on. I, so. I might have flown over. Don't ruin the <laughs> ruin the <laughs> ruin magic of it. <laughs> if only the budget would stretch. Yeah, it would be <laughs> we nice. Can pretend it's fine. Well, I'd quite it'd, it'd be interesting if we even had a budget. That would probably be a start, wouldn't it? That's a very fair point. <laughs> That's very true, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd quite happily take on the mantle of going to uh, speak to Harvey, Harvey every now and then. And I'm, I'm happy to say that burden. But oh, it's fine. Uh, you know, that's really good of you. On, if, if you really insist, if you insist. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to bring in the, um, the, the chat, uh, Charlie. Yeah, so from Ben having conversations with somebody about former players and managers, to me having conversations with our current crop of youth players. So I spoke with David Sheehan, who is from LMFM Radio over in Ireland. He commentates on the Drogheda games. Um, and I had a chat with him about, first off, obviously, the whole League of Ireland and how things are going over there, but obviously primarily looking at Alicia Rahui and Freddie Draper and how have they been getting on. And as we've mentioned, I'm now joined by David Sheehan from LMFM Radio, the regular commentator for Drahida, as it is pronounced, um, as I have double-checked, because let's be honest, nobody knew. Um, so we're going to sort of look a little bit at League of Ireland and then talk about sort of primarily, obviously, Alicia Rahui and Freddie Draper. So first off, David, how's, how's everything with you? All good? Yeah, great. Thanks. Good to good to be talking to you now and uh, getting into the lads and how they're progressing a little bit. But yeah, good good to be uh, good to be on. Ah, good. Thanks. Well, thanks very much. Um, so first off, just give us a little bit of a background on the League of Ireland. How how's the season going? Where are we kind of expecting Drogheda to to finish? Obviously, I know they're in what eighth at the minute. Are they at risk of relegation? Well, I mean, Drogheda, a successful season for Drogheda would be staying out of the bottom two. So the way it works from a relegation perspective is the bottom side goes down. Most yeah. people would expect UCD to be relegated. So UCD is University College Dublin. So they're basically students, yeah. a lot of them. Um, so they'd all be young. Many of them have really years in the League of Ireland with, with the top side. So they're kind of a breeding ground for, for young talent. So they will always sort of struggle at the top at the top level they just about avoid relegation last year ucd uh it looks like at the moment they're going to go down there they're rock bottom at the moment and then cork city who would have previously you know in years gone by been a really strong presence they were promoted last season they spent a few seasons in the, in the first division so they came back up and they're they're struggling a bit themselves so so from drahada's point of view staying staying third from bottom would be a successful season for drahada because they don't have the financial resources to compete with a lot of the other clubs. Um, they've been trying to sell the club for quite a while. There's been interested investors, but no one's actually stuck their, their foot in the water and gone ahead and bought the club. So the resources they have and the budget they have is, is tiny compared to most of the other clubs in the division. So in summary, staying in the division is, is a successful season for Drada, and they will hope that they can stay in the division this season. Some investment will come in and as the, as the years go by. Yeah, so I, you know, you mentioned 
some of the other teams having kind of a lot more a lot more money and things like that. Um, it's like Cork, Cork City for me, like you said, they used to be a mainstay. I was surprised last season because I took much more of a deeper look at the League of Ireland for a number of reasons last season, including sort of our loan players and uh, honestly a football manager save I was doing and things like that. So I, it really kind of piqued my interest. And I was surprised that Cork City at the time were sort of the first division, obviously the second tier. So... It, um, I, I guess if they, if Drogheda can finish sort of above them and not get that relegation playoff, then I could, it must be a good season for them. It's uh, it definitely be nice to to see you stay up now that we've kind of got this affiliation. And those, you know, as you said there, the, the, so again to clarify, the bottom team goes straight down. The second from bottom team is in a relegation promotion playoff yeah. with with a team that comes through the playoff system in the first division. System in the first division is quite controlled. It's hard to get out of it to get it then to get into it almost. But um, so Cork City at the moment will be in that prom- promotion playoff, uh, relegation playoff with with one of the teams in the first division. But yeah, Cork, Cork, in fairness to them, have had look. It's it's a it's a long running team in the League of Ireland. Teams that go into financial difficulties and struggle. Um, Drogheda were one of them. They won the league back in the mid two thousands, but they were they were bankrolled by a by a wealthy backer who then had some business troubles of his own and. Uh, they've ended up falling on hard times. So there's a kind of a boom-bust cycle in the League of Ireland for many years involving a lot of different clubs, and Cork City were probably the most recent example of that. They've come back up. They're struggling a little bit at the moment, which is good news for Drogheda because as long as Cork aren't picking up points, then Drogheda, you know, have a little bit of a buffer. But, um, you know, the, to, to look at the other end of the table, your Cork City, uh, sorry, uh, Shamrock Rovers and and Derry City will be the two teams that people would expect to compete for the, cha- for the title. Yeah. Uh, Rovers went top last night. Derry City and, and Derry City and Shamrock Rovers will be the two best resource clubs in the in the division. So most people would expect those two to be um, to be competing for the title, and that's how it looks like it's going to go at the moment. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. Obviously, um, I don't know if you're you're aware, but last summer we had um, sort of tenuous links um, to Shamrock because uh, Stephen Bradley was linked with our mm. vacant managerial position at the time. So. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's obviously something that they seem to have to be on a really good sort of run of a couple of years at the minute. So hopefully they can they can do it as well. Um, so now I'm looking a little bit more individually at the players. We'll start with we'll start with Alicia Rahui. How's he been doing? You know, how where where has he been playing as well? First off, um, and then how's he been doing? He's been playing at right back, and he's been doing really well. Um, he and we get to Freddie in a moment, but but Freddie and Alicia are the have the third and fourth most minutes of any player in the Drogheda United squad. So they've been they've been regular performers every every week. They're in there. Now Alicia missed the He was suspended. He was injured rather. Uh, Manny Alec was suspended. One of the other defenders, but but Alicia was injured. He 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 had an awkward fall last week. He was stretching for a ball with his right leg on the touchline and his left leg kind of got caught underneath him a little bit and I think he strained something so he was out for that game last night I'm not sure how long he's going to be out for I don't think it's 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 too serious so I'd expect to see him back reasonably soon but he's been he's been really good he chipped in with a goal in the the win against Derry which was actually the last game Drogheda United won they they beat Derry up in Derry which was a big upset uh, he got a goal late on from a from a defensive knockdown actually that he that he capitalised on and knocked in from from about six yards out. So yeah, that's the last game Drogheda won though. They they've lost they they haven't won in seven now. Um, and I think they've lost five of those seven. So they're on a bit of a bad run at the moment. But Alicia's been doing really well. I know, you know, obviously Sam and Sean Rowan were over last year and they did really well and were really impressive. Only only for half of a season, unfortunately. But you know, Drogheda stayed up last year and and those two guys. 
even though they were only there for for half the season, played a huge part in it. Sam Long made some brilliant saves. So that that connection with Lincoln is obviously well established and strong yeah. now. But Alicia's done really well, and I think draw to know that they're going to get players who have the right attitude, who have a bit about them. You know, the two guys last year were great, and I know that they're both so young. You know, they're both still uh, in their teens, right? So they're they're very young lads, but they've shown great attitude. And from just to focus on Alicia, like his defensive qualities are really good he's decent in the air he's got a good bit of pace about him he likes to get forward as i mentioned he got that goal mm-hmm. uh, against Derry. that was from a, a sort of a step piece that he, he capitalized on but he does like to get forward as much as he can and alicia settled in really well as i said his his performances have been good he didn't he didn't start the season he um actually no he did start the season again i'm confused with one of the other guys he he kind of was, was straight in there right back from the beginning and um you know he and they've had some really difficult defensive problems like last night for example Alicia didn't play, as we know, but Drada only had one recognised defender fit, who was Connor Keeley, who was um, who, who was injured last week. They had, you know, they had a couple of, they had a suspension in in Manny. They had uh, was injured. They had Evan Weir injured. They had Jarlett Jones injured. So they have a host of injuries across their defence. But you know, when he has played, he's been really good. And his attitude, I think, is what the guys in the club are really impressed with and the same can be said of freddie we'll get to him in a minute but but yeah he's been he's been really decent for them he's been playing in that right back position all season and he's doing really well good that's that's really good to hear um we've seen him we've seen him at since about once this season uh, in a, a papa john's trophy game and he just seemed he seemed like he wasn't out of place you know starting his first first game for us it didn't seem like he shouldn't be there you know, so it was, it was really promising, and it's really good to hear that he's um, that he's performing, he's performing well over there. So, obviously, you alluded a little bit to to Freddie. Um, how has Mr. Draper been doing? Yeah, again, like his his performances have been have been really good. He came off last night at St. Pat's late on. I think he just got a bit of a, a bit of a strain on his in his left leg. It looked like he came off towards the end of the game. But again, he's been he's been playing every game. He started every game for them. Um, as I said, he's got the, the third most minutes of, of of the squad, which is testimony to his, you know, his durability. And I suppose for 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 Freddie, he's a young man. He's only eighteen. Uh, he's built like you know <laughs> the proverbial wardrobe, as we say. He's a big, big guy. Um, yeah. But he he is doing battle, and this is where I guess the, the benefit comes for for players like that, and and for Lincoln, I suppose by extension, he's playing against. Big physical defenders on a weekly basis. Uh, like last night, he was up against um, two really powerful defenders from St. Patrick's Athletic. And every ball that was played forward to Freddie, he had um, John McGrath hanging out of him, who was a big, big, strong defender from St. Pat's. But he he relishes those physical battles. He was backing in. I thought he he, should, he got one free kick towards the end of the first half. And the say, or the draw had a bench were kind of applauding sarcastically because he'd been getting fouled quite a lot from those aerial tussles from what I could see arms all over him and being pulled and dragged but he wasn't getting the free it's that old story isn't it the big man doesn't tend to get the free as easy as the little man does so he's been really good for them he the only thing um and I suppose you might say this is an issue for a striker he he's had he's got three goals this season but he's missed some he's missed some chances he missed a penalty against Dundalk which would have which would have gotten a draw in the derby game he missed a really good opportunity last week against Derry, which would have got them a draw as well. So he just maybe lacks that killer instinct. But, you know, we have to qualify all this by saying he's only 18 and he's still learning his, his trade. And he's got so many good attributes. He will run all day. He was running the channels last night. He spent a lot of time out in the wide positions, um, you know, trying to get crosses into the box and, and helping out. He works really hard. One thing I like about him as well is 
he never complains. He gets fouled. He gets up. He doesn't he doesn't mouth off to the referee. He's not looking for sympathy. He's not lying on the ground, rolling around. He just gets up and gets on with it, which is refreshing to see in this day and age for a guy who's so young. You know, he just he just yeah. has a really good attitude. And again, I, I mentioned it with Alicia and the, the, the club really are really fond of Freddie. And it, he seems like he settled in really well. He seems quite happy uh, at the club quite well for him at the minute. As I say, if he could just get a few more goals because he has everything else. He's the power, he's the strength, he really puts gift. And he's playing up front on his own. I suppose to give people an idea of the, the formation draw how to play, they kind of have 4 2 3 1, which a lot of teams are playing at the moment. So they'll have their, their back four, their two sitting midfielders, and then they'll have a, a wide left, a wide right, and then through the middle, just behind stone. He's having to lead the line on his own and do a lot of work. But he he doesn't shirk it at all. He's he seems to really enjoy it and he just plays with a smile on his face as well like he just he seems join us at the moment and he's in addition to try if he could just add as i said a couple more goals develop that killer instinct that's something that will come with time because he is so young yeah that's that's again really promising um i think like you said i think with something like finishing if if you're getting into those chances you're going to end up scoring more and more soon enough so it's it, it's promising to hear that you know, he, it's not like he's going missing in games because I think that's what would worry us more. You know, I would I would much prefer him to be having high XG chances and just simply not being able to finish them off as much at the minute because, like you say, that, that sort of stuff will come with age, won't it? Which is really promising. So kind of looking a little bit more actually at Lincoln. So we're probably likely to line up next season in probably either a 3-5-2, 3-4-3 um, sort of formation. Do you think that any of the two will be able to make the jump into League One next season? Obviously, Drogheda had Sam and Sean uh, over last season, and I know Sean is playing quite regularly. I think at the moment, so yeah, it's it's hard to say because, um, say Jimmy Brown, for example, was a was a really highly rated fullback that Drogheda had that went across to Blackburn a couple of seasons ago, and I had really high expectations yep. for him. And he was loaned out to Stockport. Stockport, I think it was. I'm not actually sure where, where he is at the moment. But, you know, there's been lots of players over the years um, who have gone across. And I suppose Danny Mandry would be a good example who you'd be well well familiar yeah. with at this point. But, um, you know, players have gone over, some of, some of whom have had really good reputations in the League of Ireland, to say whether guys will be able to go back over and make an impression. But certainly from what I've seen of the, both of them in the, in the, in the League of Ireland, um, if, you know, Alicia... Has has everything you'd want from a from a fullback, you know. Um, he covers in behind the centre backs quite a lot as well. He's he's had to play at times. He's had to play at centre back this season in game where they've maybe lost a defender and they've had to reshuffle things. So he can play there as well at a stretch. Alici, you know, he can push into centre back, no problem. Um, and then Freddie, as I said, looks to have all the attributes he'd want. If he could just add a goal or two more, he'd be he'd be flying it. But he's he's got the attitude. He never he never stops trying. So. I suppose again, it's it is difficult to, to be certain whether these guys can go can go back across and, and make an impression. But I don't see why not because it it won't be for lack of effort or lack of work. There's no problem with with attitude or with application. And and they've they've the other thing I suppose that I, I would say is it would be quite easy I would imagine for a player coming over from the UK to the League of Ireland. And let's be honest about it, the stadiums for the most part are falling down. Um, that's that's a fact, and that's something that's been a long-standing problem in the League of Ireland. Probably yeah. Shamrock Rovers. Shamrock Rovers um, have a fine stadium there, and they've they've built a new stand behind the one of the ends that was open. So that's a four-sided ground now. But the rest of the stadia 
are crumbling for the most part, with the exception, I shouldn't really bunch everybody in here, but you know, Sligo Stadium is, is, is very nice. Uh, Derry City have done a lot of work on the brandy well, but Drogheda's ground, for example, given we're talking about Drogheda, uh, United Park as was, it's Weaver's Park now with the sponsor. That's that's yeah. falling apart, and they know that themselves, and they want to try and they want to try and get out. Even from that point of view, it would be very easy for a player coming over in the UK, where even at lower league grounds, um, the facilities are quite good. The training facilities, I would imagine, are reasonably decent. They're certainly of a higher standard than than most most yeah. of the ones over here would be. So, it, it it would be quite easy for a player over and say, well, to hell with this. Like this is a this is a joke of a setup, and the stadium's a, a disgrace, and X, Y, and Z. So. A player could come over and throw his hat at it if he wanted to and like get me out of here. But that hasn't happened. Um obviously Sean Rowan last year is an Irish lad, so he wouldn't have been surprised by what he saw. Sam no. maybe would have been a bit more. Um but the two guys this season obviously wouldn't have really known much about the league other than maybe what they've been told by by the two guys from last year. So they've really embraced it and um the club have embraced them. So to, to go back to your original question, whether they can transfer that over to, to one level in the UK, it, it is a step up coming up against seasoned tough defenders who have been around the block in the league of ireland as a lot of them have now there's plenty of young talent in the league but a lot of the the defenders that are there would be would be big experienced players like paddy barrett last week for or the week before last for shelburne coming up against freddie they had a good old tussle so uh yeah i mean i don't see why they couldn't go back and make an impression but it's it's you know yourself it's it's very very difficult to say for certain yeah yeah very much so um so we've kind of sort of alluded to to the fact that it happens and it does happen a lot but a bit more of a general point now, because I really want to get a sort of a League of Ireland point of view on this. So, as as a, you know, you'll, you'll be very much aware, a lot of clubs in the EFL, Lincoln included, are looking at basically the League of Ireland to try and poach sort of the young talent and try to get them sort of earlier and earlier. And it's become a little bit of kind of a a, a feeding ground for. The young lads coming over to the EFL now. It have you know, like I say, all you have to do is look at Lincoln. You've mentioned Danny Mandroyu, Dylan Duffy, who we got from UCD. It's uh, it happen it happens a lot, and a lot of sort of affiliations and a lot of scouting is happening over there now. For us, we see it as obviously great business because often the players can be at the same quality as you'll get from English clubs, but let's be honest, a fraction of the price sometimes. All you have to do, you know, Danny Mandroy, we supposedly paid 30 grand for. Player of his quality should not be worth as little as 30 grand. So what's the what's the League of Ireland's point of view on it? Well, again, this is one of the, the, the long-standing bugbears for League of Ireland fans. So the, the mm. problem the problem that a lot of the clubs have is now most of the clubs in the in the Premier Division now in the League of Ireland are full-time. Drogheda are not a full-time club. So Drogheda and UCD I think are the only two teams in the first in the Premier Division rather than full time. So that comes financial pro, financial pressure. So, but even for the clubs that are full time, um, one of the big problems in the League of Ireland going back for many years, and it's starting fairly now, but it's only something like the Shamrock Rovers that Derry City can do. A lot of clubs can only afford to pay players on yearly contracts, and. Only recently, I think, has that has that changed to where they actually pay them out a season as well. Prior to that, it was just you were getting paid as long as the season was on, and when the season was over, a lot of the players were going down the dole office and and getting their getting their money there. So, where that becomes an issue is 
clubs don't have any power really when it comes to a Lincoln City or a Blackburn Rovers or whoever it might be yeah. coming in and offering offering 30 grand for Danny Mandrew or whoever it might be. So that's the problem that the League of Ireland clubs have is they're not in a position to offer long-term contracts because most of the clubs are on such a tight budget that if they offer a three or four-year contract to a player, well, that wouldn't happen. Let's say two years, okay? Let's even say a two-year contract and the player in question breaks his leg, you know, halfway through season one and he's out for the best part of it. So that's money that they've put into a player that they can't spend anywhere else because they have to pay him. So they don't want to leave themselves exposed to that possible problem. This isn't like every club, but it's, it's been a, it's been a kind of a team for a long time over the years where clubs don't have the money to put out long kind of contracts on players. So they're year, they're year long contracts or season long contracts with the result that a club from the UK can come in and they can waive whatever money they want really under the nose of a club or a player and his agent might go, let's, let's get out of here. And, And if, if they are on, contract then just wait until the season's over that's that expires and then they can go for whatever so that's been one of the real the real problems um in the league for a long number of years the money that the players go for now i know it's a long time ago but like seamus cole being floated around recently what he left like rovers for at the time to join everton was it six grand or something i think a few years ago um it might have even been as much as that but these kind of these kind of figures really don't do the league any favors in terms of trying to build themselves up and, and get a proper fair market value for the, for the players when they leave. Um, and it's been a frustrating factor for a lot of managers and a lot of owners and, and you know, chairman over the years as well. But that's not going to change anytime soon. I know the Brexit thing has had an impact on, on when players can go over as well. But in terms of actually signing players and, and what they're paying for them, I don't think that's going to change any time. Um, you know, we'll we'll wait and see. But but I guess it works out well for the English clubs. The, the clubs here probably aren't thrilled about it. They're working to to kind of change that. And there was talk that you know there was some some fanciful talk last season that the clubs all kind of band together and agree that gonna we're not going to let players go for it. But that's all well and good if you're club A and you don't necessarily need the money. But if you're club be and you do then you're probably not in a position to be you know coming together with everyone else and saying well what should we accept for this guy so um it, it's i don't i don't see a change anytime soon i i think there have been some some examples that's worked out well for example um when he signed for tottenham Williams, who were his original club over here they got a big big windfall of cash from his signing for spurs because they got a percentage of the signing on um and there's been times over the years where clubs have sold players on and they haven't inserted that clause and they're tearing their hair out that they've missed out on, on money like yeah. that. So yeah, you're right in what you you're right in what you say in terms of the, the fees that are being paid for, for for players from from Ireland going over to the UK. But that's probably more on the League of Ireland than it is on the UK clubs, I think. You know, yeah. like why if you're if you're if you're selling a house, you're gonna you're gonna or if you're buying a house, you're going to offer whatever you think you're going to get it for. You're not going to pay. Oh yeah, we're not. We're, that's the thing. Way we're not more, pay because, more. You know. No. So, so I think like that's that's the thing. It's it's probably more on the League of Ireland to get their house in order, and there's a lot of work to be done on that front around stadia, around contracts, around everything else like that. But they are making progress. So I don't want to be to be sounding like I'm running the league down because this season has been brilliant. The, the and last season as well, but this season. The grounds, the grounds have been sold out on a on a weekly basis. Now the stadiums, of probably with the exception of Tala, which I think has a capacity at the moment of seven thousand. The rest of the stadiums would maybe hold 
you know, kind of two, three, four thousand, that kind of figure. So you're not talking huge, huge numbers. Like last night's game in, in Inchicore between St. Pat's and Rada, there was 4,011 to be precise at that game. So, um, and that's one end completely closed. So that's that's a kind of capacity, a kind of capacy crowd in the League of Ireland. But a couple of years ago, you wouldn't have been getting anything like that. So it's it's been really good to see that, that the uh, the attendances have been going up and sold out signs going up. People telling me they're struggling to get tickets for Drogheda matches, and that's great to see. So they are making progress. Um, and I speak to the League of Ireland director Mark Scanlon quite a lot on the show, and they've done a lot of good work even around the branding of it and all that kind of thing. But but you know, to go back to the original point about players leaving there's a bit of work to be done on that yet and i i don't see that changing dramatically in the in the near future no i guess that's understandable but it is good to hear that sort of the um that the league is definitely on the up you know it's always it's always nice to hear um and hopefully that can that can sort of keep on going right well thank you very much for that david and i really do hope that drahada can finish the season well I say finish the season you're not even halfway through yet um but can have a as good a second half of the season as well if you take away the last seven games then clearly as the first half has been um and you know I really hope that Alicia and Freddie I mean I would personally like to see them stay with you for the whole season up until what November um but obviously time Mm. will tell whether that is the case um Yeah, but, and, yeah, and just just on that point, I suppose, like I know the the, the club are I know the club are really keen to, to keep them for the season, and I think the the noise the, the noises I'm hearing at the moment are that Lincoln seem to be happy to to leave them there for the season. Now oh, we know good. that this was what possibly this this was possibly the plan. Now, now that that's just you know that's just rumor that might all change, but I I believe that 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 that's kind of what they're hoping to do. But you know we saw this last year with with Sam and and Sean. Um, there's a change of manager, Mark Kennedy comes in and he recalls everybody. So, you know, who, who's yeah. to say what could happen? Um, so, you know, but but I think certainly the, the club would, would love to happen for the season and, and let's hope that happens because I think they'll be they'll be key players as the season goes on. They have been already and I think they'll continue to be. So, yeah, let's let's keep our fingers crossed on that one and that they keep on developing. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, you know, it seems to be seems to be working really well for us and yourselves um, having that kind of partnership and having them there. So, I certainly wouldn't complain if you do get them for the whole season. Right. Well, brilliant. Thank you very much for that then. And uh, like I say, good luck for the rest of the season. No problem. Thanks a million. Brilliant. Cheers, David. No worries. And there we go. That was uh, that was David from LMFM Radio um, with some, I think, some decent insight into League of Ireland and, you know, uh, Drahida Drogada. I, I haven't listened to that yet. So I'm sure the pronunciation will be 100% confirmed by the end of this podcast. Um, I've, I've heard Jez say Drogheda. I've heard some people say Drahida or some, pe- some people say Drahida. I don't know. But um, yeah, no, it, it seems like, uh, you know, that they're getting on all right, doesn't it, Charlie? Yeah, definitely. Um, a really interesting interview, that one. Um, I've managed to watch a couple of games myself of them. Um, and I've been able to see firsthand how sort of well they're doing, and it's nice to see to hear that backed up, and hopefully they can realise the potential that sort of David suggested. Absolutely. So, yeah, good times all around. I mean, obviously, you know, we've we've had our end of season podcast that was out last week. Um, Gaz has done his dog walks. He's done his uh, not quite dog walk, but sat at a computer and, and talking, which also went out as a podcast. Um, we're going to have some more content coming. Over the closed season, we're going to try and and stay as weekly as we can. Um, obviously, there'll be some weeks where it's 
it's it's going to be a bit dry, isn't it? So we might, uh, you know, we might well just have some other bits to talk about. Um, and there might be some weeks where we don't have anything at all. So we'll uh, you know, we'll, we'll move on from that. But um, thank you if you've downloaded the podcast over the season. Thank you for all the support, you know, all the, the messages, people coming up to us at games. Um, thanks for coming out to the live show as well. That was an amazing, amazing evening. Um, and hopefully we're going to have a few more of them. So keep your eyes peeled. Um, but until, well, presumably next week, um, I'm not sure when we're next recording. Um, but yeah, until then, uh, it's goodbye from myself. Goodbye from Charlie. Goodbye. And goodbye from Chris. So long, farewell. Alpha Vida saying. And uh, don't forget, podcast at stacywest. No, stacywestpodcast at gmail.com. That's the email address. Stacywestpodcast at gmail.com with a headline that, or a subject that says something around Neil Warnock. Oh. If you want to be in with a chance to win a couple of tickets to go and see him, talk about his career and everything else um, in Scunthorpe at uh, the beginning of June, June the 2nd. And if you want to buy tickets for that, if you don't win, go to a yeah, uh, go to a gig.com is the email address. No, is the web address. I will get this right. Go to a gig.com is the web address that you want to go to um, if you want to check it out otherwise. So uh, until then, hope the imps. Hope the imps. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.